0: This is the We Can Do Better podcast with Adam Olliet, talking about Michigan's 2nd Senate District, featuring stores from Detroit, Gross Pointe, Amtramck, Harper Woods, and Highland Park, told by the people doing the work, and myself, Senator Adam Olliet. I'm here with uh, former Lieutenant Governor Brian Calley, now President of Small Business Association. Brian, do you wanna introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, thank you very much. What an an honor it is to be with you here today. And yeah, I recently joined up with the Small Business Association and uh, doing some, some, with an organization that's doing some great work on creating a a better world and environment for success around small companies, which really do account for most employment in Michigan. Well over half, about 63% of all jobs in Michigan come from companies that have fewer than 100 employees. And when you consider the economic powerhouse that that is, what, what, uh, what better mission to be a part of? So it's been, uh, it's been a thrill to get started, and I'm just excited for how we take it all to the next level.
0: So the real question is, what's your title now? So you were the lieutenant governor, and your, your title would have been governor. You're know, you kind of are always the lieutenant governor, but now you're the president. I don't know how I should address you.
1: Yeah, well, you know, my friends call me Brian, so please do okay, call me I'll Brian. Brian, it the, is. Uh, the uh, yeah, going from from, uh, from <laughs> lieutenant governor and then, but I was actually president of the Senate. Right. And uh, now president of SBAM. So um, yeah, we just make it all simple and just call me what my mom calls me.
0: That's cool. So you know, as we talk about small businesses, I think that's one of those things that everybody likes the idea of supporting. But I don't think people really understand how they support their small business right like is that is that shopping is that patroning like what What does it look like from a small business owner's perspective of being supported by people in their community
1: well first of all, I think um, it's it's the the notion of of treating others the way you'd want to be treated and so small businesses they they are the ones that are sponsoring little league teams and getting involved in and what local uh, charitable efforts in, in their communities, really a part of the communities that they're that they, they live and work in. They, they're not they're not different. And the and, and so like for a small business, really all decisions are local, and that is um, that's a different type of perspective. And when you consider how much these these uh, small business owners do for their communities, uh, for those that are that are in favor, that like that like that local connection. Um, being a patron to those businesses would be a great place to start, but I think it needs to go beyond that in the world of public policy mm-hmm. uh, to to really focus. Even something like economic development, what is economic development? And we think of it in one in one way, and it tends to to, to really revolve around bigger businesses. Now, big businesses are important too. Yep. They do a lot of they do a lot of very very important things here in our state. We're blessed to have some. Some, uh, some great internationally known businesses that are headquartered right here
0: in our state. But they all started as small businesses, but right? Like that's Every the-
1: one of them, that's right. I mean, whether you're talking about, um, uh, talking about you know, Meyer that started just as a single grocery store and now has grown to be a real powerhouse, changing the way that retail yeah. is delivered to, uh, to Dow Chemical that was you know, an, an, an immigrant that came over and started a, a chemical manufacturing company, now this international powerhouse. Uh, and even even an entity like uh, like Amazon, which is you know kind of the new biggest one.
0: I've never heard of this Amazon. What what do they do? <laughs> it's a bookstore. Is that is yeah. that right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it is you know, the funny thing is it's kind of hard to define exactly what they do. It's like it's almost like their own marketplace that they've created. But even that started literally music just music and
0: shipping and logistics and it's, videos. It's and
1: a, it's across the board. Yeah. And uh, but you know, even all of these companies that we're talking about here. They're all stronger too because of small businesses. Mm-hmm. So here uh, in in Michigan, the uh, the ecosystem of uh, of the supply chain that's where the innovation usually comes from. Right. So so larger companies are really are managers of processes and supply mm-hmm. chains. And, uh, and so those nimble, innovative companies, oftentimes they are the small companies that are driving the, the product innovation that makes the, make the big ones competitive in the first place.
0: Can you give us an example of a, a company that, because I think that we always hear about Amazon when it's a giant conglomerate, not about the garage business that someone started. You know, like you hear about rogue fitness once it's become the preeminent thing, not about when that guy first started making rigs or barbells, what are some of the kind of companies that are in that space that you talk about? it, And how did they get there? How do we do that? How did
1: yeah, I'll, I'll give you one of my favorite examples that really almost everybody knows about now. But just 24 years ago, it was one coffee shop in East Lansing, Bigby Coffee.
0: You know, they just had their, uh, Michigan just announced Bigby Day. Uh, Senator Hertel was able to get that passed. It was a, one of the very few unanimous decisions uh, in the Senate <laughs> where everybody was on board of, Big Day, yeah,
1: know. and it was so as a celebration. The Big B Day was a, a recognition of an of a uh, of, of an anniversary of their founding. Mm-hmm. But when Bob Fish founded uh, Big B, there you know more than two decades ago, it really was a single coffee shop in uh, in East Lansing, and then he added a few more, and then there there were some others that wanted to do it as well. So he decided to go into the franchise business. There are literally hundreds of Big B coffees. Coffee shops all across the country, it's 33 states now, and that's a um, that that's just an example of an entrepreneur that started with a dream and then ended up going um, really going quite big with it. And and, and it's the and the innovation and what they what they do a different type of model. You know, the the big competitor would be a company like Starbucks, for example, right. which so the, was a
0: small business at one point too. Was a small
1: business. Now that's a totally different model, though. All corporate-owned stores. So. Uh, but Bigby decided to go a different way. They would franchise it, so you have a local owner yeah. that, that goes with the franchise, and, uh, and what, a, what a cool way to do it. And, uh, and what, a, what, a, what a neat culture that exists inside those stores, too. It's, um, there, there are so many examples, especially here in Michigan, of companies that really have just done something a little different, entered mm-hmm. into the marketplace, recognized a need and filled that need, and that created all kinds of opportunity for other people.
0: And you got your, I listened to your farewell speech in the Senate, and it seemed like you got your first real job at a small business. And it was, can you tell us a little bit about that bank and, and what that experience looks like? Because I think yeah. we don't think about banks as well, one being a business or small business, you yeah. know, unless we're thinking about Mary Poppins.
1: So I, I worked for, a, for a, a very small community bank. It was very old, but still very, very small. Mm-hmm. I mean, these days there are hardly any banks that small left. But, the, um, but that's where I started a local community bank called Ionia County National Bank. And um, in my job, well, I started in the mailroom, but eventually my job was making loans to small businesses. Wait, wait,
0: wait. You are, one of the, you are a real person who started in the mailroom and actually moved forward. Because I think everyone likes to think that they kind of pulled themselves up by the bootstraps. You know, they were delivering newspapers and then they made something. But it actually, that's your reality.
1: The, the, the awesome thing about just the, the story of my life or how many times that just somebody gave me a chance to do something that really my resume didn't necessarily... Justify. Mm -hmm. They just took a chance on me. I'm going to give him a chance to to prove himself in this. And and so when I started at the bank, my job was to, or my my goal was to make sure that um, that that uh, I that this was a uh, it it turned into an opportunity Mm -hmm. in in beyond the mailroom. And uh, and I was running things around the around for uh, to different branches in, in the bank. Then I started on the teller line. I remember when I made it to the teller line, I really felt like I made it. I mean, it was, uh, that, was a, that was a big day. I had the type of job where I was wearing a suit to work. Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, that was a big deal. And then I went on to be a loan secretary, and I was preparing loan documents for the loan officers. And then an, what happened is there was an opportunity where um, the loan officers didn't want to work on Saturdays, and somebody had to handle the loan requests that came in for people that were shopping for cars on Saturdays. And I was like, I'll do it. Yeah, and that was that was kind of how I got started in lending. Was doing Saturday car dealership loans, <laughs> and, um, and 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 from there it just it turned into more opportunity. But usually it was just the willingness to take on a little more responsibility and then doing well with the responsibility that I was given. Eventually I became a commercial lender. I made business loans, specialized yeah. in small businesses and uh, small business administration guaranteed loans, and um, that and that's that was my that was my start in you know, just an understanding of what makes the world go and how business works. It was an orientation towards
0: small business. That's amazing. And how, how do people start business? I think there's all this discussion that people like, as policymakers, we want to support the small business going from you know, employing five or ten people to being Amazon. Like, I feel like so much of our policy is we want to make you from, go from small business to conglomerate. But I don't know that we do enough discussion about how do we make sure that your small business is sustainable? Is that, you know, instead of hiring 10 or 15 people and never being able to go on vacation, you can hire 30 people and you can go on vacation. You can provide them with good benefits and you can be a small business forever, but one that employs and competes.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. Different business owners want different things for their future. Mm -hmm. Some don't want to grow, but it's a dynamic world. So you always have to be prepared to to adapt to change, because right. change as a business owner comes at you really fast. And uh, and so I think really the model that we need to do is to shift to a service-oriented economic development model. So today, we think of economic development like, you know, a big company is gonna hire 1,000 people and we're gonna give them a tax credit to incent them to do that. Mm-hmm. The majority of our jobs do not come from there. The majority of our jobs come from uh, from a, a, a company that has 10, or 20 or 30 employees just adding more. And as a company grows, their challenges change, and the types of competencies they need to develop inside that business change as well, become more complex. So human resource management, talent acquisition, and talent development becomes more important, especially once, you know, a lot of times a business started out with family, mm-hmm. but when you're hiring employees that aren't family anymore, the dynamics of human resource management change. It's a big difference. Yeah, it's a big difference. and and then. Uh, but also, you know, I think of one of my members is a jeweler, and mm-hmm. um, 20 years ago, literally 100% of his sales walked through the front door, 100%. Oh. Today, 80% of the sales are made online.
0: That is a big so, shift. So
1: this is a leap to e-commerce, and he was able to do it. See, a lot of companies, you know, selling, uh, selling online, it's different than just having a website, Right. very different. and. And, and so it's a new competency that a lot of companies have to explore and develop it to, to survive. So what if instead of, we, instead of saying, here's a tax credit, what if, we, what if we had economic development services that were like acceleration services, say to mm-hmm. a company, all right, what do you need to do? You need to explore uh, e-commerce? Then l- let's, let's help you learn how to do that. Or uh, maybe it's that you, have a, you, you know you got a product and there's a great market for that product overseas somewhere, how do you deal with customs? and and go through the process of making an international sale of your good or, or, or yeah. uh, service. It, teaching those types of competencies for, for a growing small business, they can't realistically hire staff to do it. And so uh, this type of service, it, it, it teaches them how, how to, to go out there and take advantage of the world. It never runs out. See, tax credits run out.
0: They but should. They, yeah, they should. I think, uh, the, think there's some people that argue that you know they just redouble them, or renew them, and renew them forever because otherwise could, they'll go somewhere else. I could
1: give you some examples uh, of that, but for the, but the thing is with with tax credits that's it's one thing, but but developing more uh, a, a wider skill set and a, and a new competency inside a, a growing small business, that's the sort of thing that never runs out.
0: So. That sounds like a very different discussion about small businesses and the type of services. I mean, you're talking about business incubation. You're talking about dynamic ways to support some of these industries and and to grow ours, to give them a reason to have that relationship. It's like you're saying the state should take care of our businesses.
1: It's it's entrepreneurship-led economic development. Mm -hmm. It's it's looking at where the jobs and the demands are and, and doing relevant things to help. So instead of expecting that a business needs to conform to whatever program we have, what if we looked at it and said, you know, we got all these service providers out there, we got the Edward Lowe Foundation, we got the Small Business Development Center, and we got great, you know, we got, in Oakland County, you got Automation Alley, and in Kalamazoo, you got Southwest Michigan First, you got all all these service agencies that do a whole bunch of different things, and nobody does everything. Mm -hmm. But if you put them all together, they kind of do do everything. You know, maybe you want to sell more to government, you got the, the PTACs that are all over the procurement, technical assistance centers. There, you got all these entities all over the place. What if the, what if this, what if the state's role turned into the, uh, the, the facilitator of, of those connections? I
0: think you're getting ahead of us. So now you're talking about a solution. So we always pride ourselves on not believing in silver bullets, but the idea that, you know what is a solution that we can do to advance this? So it sounds like you're getting to that space. So what is a solution that state government can be doing or that we should be working towards?
1: Rather than recreating the, the wheel, there are a lot of entities out there that are doing awesome work from, from the SBA to, uh, to local chambers to um, economic development, local economic development entities, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Um, all of them do different things mm-hmm. that are relevant to, to small companies. But small companies wouldn't necessarily know, probably wouldn't know that, oh, I want leadership development. I need to go to the Edward Lowe Foundation for that. If, uh, if, if I need um, you know, assistance on um, market research and, uh, and some sophisticated analytics around demographics to consider an expansion, I'll go to economic gardening within MEDC. They, they will, it's alphabet soup, right? They don't know right. where to go or how to do this. And so um, the, the concept that I would really love for the state and the, the, to provide some leadership on is to bring all of these entities together so that the company, it's kind of like a one-stop shop but it's not really, you don't stop just in the one shop. You, essentially, you, you look at it and you have, you have somebody who can evaluate, okay, what are the goals and aspirations of this mm-hmm. company? Where do you want to go? Right. And what gaps do you have in getting there? Mm-hmm. And, and, and more often than not, there's somebody out there that's already doing it. So let's connect, make that connection yeah. so that you're serving people in a way That that is relevant to them. What I love about it is it doesn't actually cost much money. I mean, there's some kind of organizational. Your solution
0: doesn't cost much money, and we aren't doing it yet.
1: It's a um, that's that that's the beauty of this. Is sounds like a good
0: idea. How do we get behind that?
1: It's it's out there. Well, it just so (laughs) happens Um, the um, there the this entrepreneurship-led economic development framework. It's really um, it it makes use of existing infrastructure, and it just connects it. And, uh, and so it's, it probably would require somebody to make some staff investment. Right. Now that might happen at the MEDC, might be a third party partner, it might be a, uh, a, a partnership between uh, mm-hmm. some of the, the bigger players. You know, when I look at it, the two big players in this space are the Small Business Development Center, which is a division of the, SB, the National right. SBA, and the MEDC, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Those are the two powerhouses in in uh, ex- what I would call acceleration services, mm-hmm. and then you have a whole bunch of other entities that do bits and pieces. Here, you pull them all together, and it's very comprehensive. Um, so that's the that's the thing that I think we really need to consider: is how do we staff up an effort to connect all of those services that already exist but aren't efficiently being
0: connected to? So, those who, who should need lead them. that? I mean, is that something that that Ted does? Is that something that? Well, I
1: think that the the leadership because. The state does have a, a an economic development entity, MEDC. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a logical place to give the responsibility to. Right. But one thing I would uh, I think would be interesting to explore is there is a um, there is a five hundred one c three that was started several years ago to um, to to award the fifty companies to watch, mm-hmm. and a lot of the players in this area are are a part of this five hundred one c three. Right. MEDC is a part of it. Mm-hmm. Small Business Development Center, the Michigan Business Network, SBAM is a member. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Edward Lowe Foundation, and um, and so in, in, uh, in the SBA. So all of these entities are already a part of an organization working together to vet hundreds of companies and recognize annually the fifty companies to watch. When you have those players already at the at one table, yeah, maybe that's the entity. You know, like nobody gets. It doesn't go to anyone. I wouldn't want SBAM to do this, right? because we only do a piece of what's relevant to it. I, I, I wouldn't want MEDC to try and rebuild everything inside MEDC, because now you're not making use of all this infrastructure that's out mm-hmm. there. So Michigan Celebrate Small Business is the name of this 501c3. Maybe that or something like that mm-hmm. could be a, a way to give every, all, all, the, all the, at least the, the players that, are, that have a statewide presence, Yeah and then to make those local partnerships as well and to and to go from there and and that way you're you're really not you're not reinventing anything there is a, there is one one or two services that I think don't exist anywhere at least not well enough and that's one is um, a consultant vetting process right. so we hear a lot from small companies that i've got a specialized service and i need to hire a consultant but I tried it and I got ripped off. It didn't work. <laughs> and I get, you know, like some kind of a vetting
0: process. Now you're talking about licensing? I mean, is that licensing? Is that...
1: Probably not licensing. Um, I would say probably a, a crowdsourcing type of a okay. thing. Where where businesses are, are kind of, uh, you know, essentially saying I've used this company mm-hmm. and, and rating them. Okay. Um, the uh, That's just one concept. Yeah, We're exploring rev- different reviews things. reviews like Amazon.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't always buy things on Amazon, but... I almost all. Well, my wife always reads the reviews, and I think right. it helps you get a feel for some of that information. You know,
1: that's, that's So that's one thing that's missing. The other is mentor matchmaking. Okay. There are a lot of. Uh, one of the interesting things is we ask companies that are that are very successful. You know, what do you think? Why do you think you are so successful? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of reasons. There's not like a single thread through all of them, but one thing that is um, that is more common than um, than what you might think is. Companies had somebody they could go to, somebody had been there and done that, somebody that had.
0: So you're gonna do the Business Bachelor,
1: you know? The well, probably not the Bachelor as much as um, the. Uh, is, is really the Love finding Boat. Those,
0: what, what are our matchmaking we, shows. We, <laughs> we
1: find, yeah, we find those uh, those companies that, or those uh, the, the business people that they're, they're kind of done, right? They mm-hmm. they went through and they and they just want to pay it forward and help somebody who's starting out, just to bounce ideas off of somebody to. Um, to, to to work with or help keep them out of trouble or, or evaluate or things to think about as you're making decisions uh, to to have a, um, a a mentor matchmaking process I think would be helpful but but aside from those two examples I gave I mean, most of these things are they're already they already do exist most of the services that are relevant they exist somewhere it's just hard to, to for a small company that's just they're about survival they're they're working on their business all the time finding these things becomes very challenging.
0: Well, that sounds great. I appreciate you coming in. Uh, It's exciting to be able to talk about small businesses and ways that people can actually support and we can see them grow. So thanks for joining us. My pleasure. This has been the We Can Do Better podcast with Senator Adam Oliens. Thank you for listening to our guests as we talked about how we can do better.